Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast. Matt and Braden here, good to be with you. And on this journey to getting healthy, getting free, living in victory over sexual temptation and all that comes with it. So glad to be with you. And if you're new, welcome. Lots of episodes to go look through, and uh, and we'd love to get in contact. If you have anything, any testimonies, any questions, any feedback, you always feel free to reach out. Go to purevictorypodcast.com and, and get our contact, our emails there, and we'd love to hear from listeners. We were just chatting about that recently that we love uh, we love hearing from people directly, so it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. One guy, Brad, and one guy recently was, he told me in, uh, in I think it was in a month, he listened to every episode. In a month? In a month. Wow, like we we edit the things and we would never do that. So good for you, buddy. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, and you're probably listening to this one too, and you know who you are, and I'm yeah. in, in awe of you. It's amazing. Today we got Drew Boa on with us, who just runs such a fantastic organization called Husband Material, and lives in Santa Barbara, California. Married almost six years, and he's been true husband material the whole time. And they've got some kids, and uh, he's just making a, 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 such a good impact. And uh, and so we'd love to highlight what he's doing, and and uh, just make people available of husband material. So Drew, it's great to be with you. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> Thanks, Drew, for being here. I love your title, husband material. Uh, that really caught my eye when we were we were just discussing having you on and um you know i think that that's something that often even men coming up that we don't 
necessarily think about. We just think that marriage will happen someday in our future. And then we do get married that's, you know, it'll just somehow work itself out. And we're not thinking actively of how we can move forward and becoming more godly, becoming more Christ-like in, 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 our, in our relationships and everything else. And not only that, just becoming the men that God has called us to be. So I love that title. Now, and I'm sure there's a lot of story behind why you call your ministry husband material. So could you just unpack for us, Drew, a little bit of why you're passionate about this and, and maybe what led you to doing what you're doing? Well, the name Husband Material came from the time in my life when I felt the most urgency and motivation to heal and get free from my unwanted sexual behavior, specifically porn, masturbation, and there was a very specific sexual fetish that was always lurking in the shadows of my imagination that still had power over me, even after... I would have months and even a year of freedom from the behavior, the fantasies and the attractions and the arousal was still just as strong. And when I graduated from college, I lost my whole support system. I lost my world and I had the most significant season of relapse Mm. that had been a part of my life up until that time. It was around that time that I met Rebecca. Rebecca was different than any girl or any woman I'd ever met uh, because she was so mature and because she actually wanted me. She wanted to be with me. I had been rejected so many times, um, partly due to a lack of discipleship and a lack of mentoring. I was just Mm -hmm. so oblivious and unaware of my impact on girls when I would say, yeah, I'm attracted to you. Would you like to go on a date? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and so, so my experiences up until that point with dating were so bad that I, I almost gave up. But Rebecca was totally different. And after we started dating, after a few months, we decided to get pre-engagement counseling. Mm-hmm. Because like when you get engaged to be married, at that point, you're really making a commitment. Yep. You're making a decision. And from then on, you're planning an event. So we decided to get counseling before we make that decision. And that was such a blessing. And also it brought up these secrets that were hiding in the shadows. So after one of our premarital pre-engagement counseling appointments, the older wiser couple told us to open up to each other about any secrets, any shadows, any parts of my life that the other person deserves to know about before making a lifelong commitment. And I remember sitting on Rebecca's couch in her apartment and I couldn't look her in the eyes. I was staring at the carpet. My stomach was tight. I can be a slow talker and I didn't say anything for minutes. And eventually I looked up and said, Rebecca, there are certain sexual desires and fantasies I just haven't told you about. And although I have been free from porn for a while, I'm not as free as you might think because I'm coming out of the most significant season of relapse that I've ever had. And she looked at me in that moment with tenderness and compassion with empathy and I melted and that motivated me more than anything or anyone else ever had to make freedom from porn the most important thing in my life that took me on a journey because I knew that this woman deserves a man who is able to keep his wedding vows a man who she doesn't have to worry about sexually Mm -hmm. speaking 
man who can honor her, love her, and not use her as a replacement for porn. And even after we got married, even after I had over a year of freedom from porn and was doing a lot deeper work, even then the old fantasies were right there in my head while we're having our first time naked together in bed. So for me to really have lasting freedom and to be husband material, as I call it, which is just another way of saying a person of Christ-like character, someone who is sexually, emotionally mature. For me to do that, I had to go on a journey that took me back into my childhood and led me to discover why I had these fantasies in the first place. Uh, they no longer became threatening or scary to me, and, and they've lost their power. And that's what has allowed me to not feel like I'm, a, I'm in a constant battle mm-hmm. against porn. For me, the battle's over, and I get to befriend my sexuality instead of fighting a frustrating, exhausting battle against it. And that has allowed me to have over seven years of freedom. Can you talk about befriending your sexuality? <laughs> Just at the end. I'm Never like, heard wow. it termed that way. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I like yeah. it a lot. <laughs> I like it a lot. Well, well, I think we can all agree that sexuality is a good thing. God created it. It's beautiful. It's glorious. And yet, when we get certain urges or attractions, our instinct is to go into attack mode or to avoid them or to ignore them or to just indulge them and let go of all restraint, Yeah, right? Either repress my sexuality or release it. And really neither of those honor the fact that it's good, that, that it's good. I mean, yeah, if you just release your sexuality, uh, it's good in, in a way you're saying, oh, it's a good thing for me, but it's casual. And that's the world's view of sexuality. And that's the, the pornographic attitude towards sexuality is whatever, do what you want. Then there's another attitude towards porn, which has gained a lot of attention in recent years called purity culture, uh, which is not saying that um, porn is casual, but that it is it is so toxic that if you're using it, you are gross, nasty, dirty, horrible, rather than porn or purity culture I believe the gospel tells us that all sexual desires, attractions, and urges are are fundamentally good and beautiful, and also they're broken. It's not that some parts are good and some parts are bad. It's all good. It's all beautiful. It's all broken, and it's all being redeemed into what God intended. So even, even the parts of us that are aroused by things that are weird or disturbing, they actually have a purpose. If we can get to know them, if we can learn to understand them and appreciate them and then manage them in a healthy way. Mm. That's what I mean by befriending. Right. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things, right? Like, cause Satan can't create, he can only distort and twist what is there. And so we have a good God given sex drive. Sex is a good gift from a good God. And often we miss that, that messaging growing up. And so like what you're talking about, like, you white knuckle it sometimes by trying your hardest not to think about a fantasy that maybe you have, or you go the extreme of the other end, which is you just act out on every fantasy you have, or try to live Mm -hmm. this life of trying to meet these quote unquote needs that you feel you have, which aren't really needs, right? But they're, they're there and you think you need to get those things satiated, I guess. And so you have these two extremes and both are really difficult lives to live. And often 
in our right in our Christian walk, especially growing up as a teenager, whatever else, if you're not talking about this and not having understanding, we might take the white knuckle approach. And how long can you last, right? Like how long can you really last living that way? So maybe just discuss a little bit about that, Drew. And then, I mean, we're, we're wanting to get a little bit moving towards the fantasy aspect of this too, because sometimes we think so much of the behavior of just porn and masturbation. But then there's this other component of fantasy that is really what we're trying to, you know, maybe we live out of that. Um, maybe we go to porn because of that. And then we just go overwhelmed and flooded in our minds with that fantasy. So then we go to porn, but uh, just as damaging, just as difficult and just as much of a, a wedge and a destructive component in our lives. Right. So yeah, unpack that drew for you. Um, you know, kind of as we were, we're discussing this, you know, any comments on that? Yeah. My first few years of trying to change my sexual behavior was flip flopping between fighting and giving in mm-hmm. repression and release or what some have called the binge purge cycle. Right. Now that I've learned how to, befriend my sexual desires. I'm having a posture of curiosity of wanting to learn what's underneath, what's this really about? And then compassion and connection for for helping me direct those desires where they belong. And let me just get very specific. And this applies to everybody, by the way, because porn and sexual fantasies are always particular. There's no such thing as generic or vague. There's only specific types of people men or women, older or younger. Um, And my specific sexual fetish was for braces and orthodontics. Never understood that. I thought, how random. Maybe God created me this way, or maybe it was a fluke, or maybe I'm a freak. Why does that turn me on so much? And that's really why I had no idea there there was reason behind it. Like, there's a story behind it. Did you feel shame when you started talking about that because it's so different? It's races and orthodontics is not a common thing uh, to have a fetish over. And I know I can say that to you because you've healed and you've and and you're mature with this stuff. But sometimes there's a lot of shame that comes with our fantasies because our fantasies are weirder than anything that we'd actually want to act out on, right? And so when it's something that's so unique, that can make the shame even worse. And so we can confess porn addiction as a cover sometimes to actually the fetish and the fantasy. Did you feel that? Did you feel shame? How did you break that? Yeah, I felt tremendous shame and I really hated myself until I started talking about it, taking baby steps with people who I could trust and eventually sharing more and more. And it was actually the sharing that helped to reduce my shame and proved that this does not disqualify me from being loved. Mm. Yeah, it's, that's just so well said. Uh, a, lot, a few podcasts ago, we had Mike Novotny on, and he was saying that freedom can be found on the other side of awkward. And those moments of uh, those yeah. moments of awkwardness when we're sharing these things, often it's very uncomfortable. We don't want to do it. We think people will either reject us, and maybe we we think God's going to be like that too. We think He'll reject us or not accept us if we share or others. So we don't. Uh, but then, really, what God's calling us to is to be open vulnerable sharing these things and allowing him into them and then through that process while it's uncomfortable we move towards freedom and i think that's so countercultural because often we want to put on a mask and hide and seem a certain way but god asks us to do something so countercultural right <laughs> and it's just there's freedom there though right and that your story has hope 
um, in that and, and sharing that. So what was the process for you moving past that? I know you, you shared a little bit, um, you know, you have to talk about it, but who did you reach out to and what did it look like for you? What was the community like for you to do that? Well, I had been a part of a few different groups when I was a college student and I did get a certain amount of freedom and began talking about it, but I still didn't understand it yet. And our resources were very limited and unfortunate. When you share your sexual story, they called it your lustimony. <laughs> I've never oh, heard that. Oh my goodness. That's cringeworthy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that was part of my passion for wanting to learn more and wanting to create something better. And there was one night while I was engaged to be married, while I was researching and watching videos about sexual addiction on YouTube. Not porn, but videos about sex addiction. <laughs> and there was this guy named Patrick Carnes who actually coined the term sex addiction. And he was talking about why different people are attracted to different types of porn. And I had never even thought that was a thing until I watched this video and he said uh, specifically that sometimes your sexual development can get stunted at a certain age and then becomes fixated from then on. And when he said that, something clicked. I said, that's what happened to me when I was 13 years old. Mm. When all the girls at school had braces. That showed me just a glimmer of hope that, wait, this is not part of who I am, this fetish. This is not how God made me. This is something that happened to me. Something that burned into my brain. It's not my fault. And it's also not random there's a story here. And as I began to get into that story more and more, it made more and more sense. And I began to, to be able to love what was underneath it. And, and so let's maybe talk about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. When we're experiencing a strong sexual attraction or urge, that's just the surface level. That's just the symptom. And if we go a little bit deeper, we get into the, the fantasy and a fantasy is more than just an attraction. It's like a story. Like, okay, this happens, and then this happens, and, and that's very arousing. Underneath the fantasy, there's an even deeper level, which is the desire. And I'll tell you that in my specific fantasies, uh, a lot of it was about having a girlfriend or having my first kiss. Mm -hmm. Now, there were some fantasies that involved power and domination, which have kind of a different storyline. But, but in that fantasy that I had for so many years, I, I would be thinking – this is the year I'm going to have my first kiss. This is the year I'm going to have my first kiss. And oral sex was a part of it too. And if I ask myself, okay, what does that do for me? Like, how would that make me feel? For me, the core desire is for acceptance. It's to be accepted. And I, I told you guys how I felt so rejected. Mm -hmm. And that goes back even further. But when I was 13 years old, my family moved from Toronto, Ontario, where I went to a small all boys school, played hockey, loved life, was starting to uh, interact with some of the girls from the all girls school. Everybody wore uniforms. And I was transplanted against my will into Dallas, Texas, where the religion is football, not hockey. Right. I went to a massive public school, no uniforms and not a lot of clothing on uh, on some of the ladies. And I felt so, so trapped, alone, alienated. 
And it was in that place where I hit puberty and I was terrified to even talk to the girls. Uh, meanwhile, I was worshiping them, longing and pining after some of the girls who I had been getting to know from Canada. Also so intimidated by these girls from Texas, they all have braces and all of my first orgasms were focused on them. That's where my development got stunted. And the deeper desire was for acceptance, which tells you that it came from a place of feeling rejected. So now I'm able to name, now I'm able to grieve, now I'm able to attune to my own heart and see the goodness underneath it. Underneath this weird, twisted, broken part of me was a little boy who felt rejected. And for me to, to join a group where I can share about these things, be accepted by those other men, was so healing. And for me to now feel accepted by God and to offer that to myself is so healing. So I'm not fighting against it. You see, I'm befriending it. And I'm specifically befriending the boy within me who was first introduced to porn at this critical time of life when I was experiencing so much loss and felt so alone. So I even just feel a tenderness right now in talking about it. I feel an affection for myself at that age. And I wish I could go back and be his older brother and, and give him advice and uh, give him a big hug. And, and that's what it looks like to go from lust to love. We can hear the power in your story of how God's worked. And I'm so thankful you're sharing this because, you know, I think that a lot of people might have a fantasy or something that they're dealing with and they don't go any further than that. They think that maybe I'm twisted or broken or whatever else. No one would ever want to know this or I don't really want to think about it. I'll just try to either, I'll explore it as far as the behavior and, and go out of living in my way out of, out of that or I'll just ignore it as best I can and both aren't very helpful. And so going layers deep, allowing God, the Holy Spirit to work in those layers to get to the point of that emotional wound, that emotional need that you truly had, which was acceptance. You needed to feel acceptance. And our Heavenly Father is bounding in that. You know, he, he gives us full acceptance and love. I totally relate to your story there, Drew, in the sense that uh, for me, rejection was a big emotional wound as well. And that played into a lot of my fantasy as well that I wrestled with, struggle with, um, especially moving into pornography. Now, um, as I say in that too, someone who's listening to this, what are some of the things that you had to do to kind of get past those superficial layers and start to understand, like, what was the process and journey? You know, it's not an overnight thing, but you know, how did God work with you in this? And what were some choices that you had to make in the journey of going through these layers to get to that, that main need that you had? Yeah, uh, for me, it, it was a complicated journey. And I got a little bit from different books and courses and uh, the podcast that we host didn't exist yet. Uh, and, and I was also just trying to figure it out and, and just learning a little bit more every day. Now we have these programs and courses and coaching programs that are so much easier to go through and mm -hmm. kind of line it up for you step-by-step. Step. So I really wish that I had more guidance because there's not a lot of resources out there. Right. One of the really helpful things that, that has continued to bless me as I go through this is is when when something like a, like a sexual 
contraction comes up that that feels really overwhelming or really strong i breathe this <sighs> 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 is just really helpful for kind of plugging my brain back in and then i say hello childhood and that helps to de-escalate it it helps to allow me to 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 wonder okay what what is happening right now that's that's triggering me and then a very simple question is okay when have i felt this way before um you know for the example of of my fetish and these braces okay when have i felt this way before or if i'm feeling super rejected while having a conversation with a friend or with a wife when have i felt this way before and oftentimes uh, that will do so much of the work of revealing um what we really need to know and so for example after we begin to realize the story that's behind it then we can invite jesus into it and we give him access and when we do that the result is incredible and i know you guys know this because because you do it in your ministry you invite jesus into some of these deep dark places and then he brings so much light and love and healing that's right it's amazing which kind of leads me into my next question is when you realize that you are longing for acceptance, how did you come to feel accepted? It could be in your head. Oh, I, I, I want acceptance, but in your heart, how did you come to feel and receive acceptance from both God and from other people too? And to go on that question, what about when people reject you? Yeah. Well, for me, receiving it from God and receiving it from other people are the same thing. And even in the groups that I'm leading right now, three weeks ago, I told a story that I'd never told before. It was actually the story of the day that I myself got braces. And I thought that it would take away the power of the fetish, but it didn't. It only made it stronger. And that was a new level of vulnerability for me. I never, I never showed that before. Seven years of freedom from porn and I'm still growing. I'm still healing. I'm still learning. And the way that everyone responded just drove the love of Jesus a little bit deeper into my heart. Because if these humans can treat me this way, if they view me with so much kindness, cool. how much more will the Son and Holy Spirit pass that? Cool. Now, offering it to myself involves something that I call inner child work. I mean, it's, it's a thing. And there's a great book by Eddie Caparucci called Going Deeper, How the Inner Child Affects Sexual Addiction. And uh, that explains a little bit more of what this is like. And I mean, it's basically realizing that the part of me that feels rejected is often, it's a very young part of me. It's not the mature, adult, logical, rational side of Drew. It's the six-year-old. It's the 12-year-old who is still showing up today. And inner child work means I'm going to show up with him and have a conversation. Hey, little Drew, how are you doing? What do you want to show me? What do you want to tell me? How can I be with you right now? What do you need from me right now? And maybe even, as we said, inviting Jesus into it, what does God want to do right now? How is he relating to me? How is he relating to little Drew? And how the Holy Spirit uh, intervenes is kind of mysterious to me. But it's so beautiful because the underlying need of all of our fantasies and of all of our urges and impulses, it's not for an orgasm. It's not for sexual stimulation. It's for self-regulation. And that comes from feeling safely connected 
So when we can experience that safe connection, whether it's in a group or in some inner child work or some other way of healing trauma, even if it's in prayer, um, coming to that place of safe connection allows the arousal to de-escalate and and it, it gives us a feeling of being centered and stable coming back into uh into being present mm-hmm. and responding rather than reacting well and you're setting the table so perfectly drew for what we actually want to talk with you next time and so if you're listening right now everything we unpackable fantasy that's it's just so powerful that we get to that understanding that there's something deeper there than just the surface-based kind of stuff and to really push in and lean into God, walk with others and journey with others, plug into different programs, things like that, that Drew has as well and what Matt's doing as well, um, to just start to go deeper and learn about these things. But next week we're going to talk about, you know, reaching that inner child, maybe the area of whatever, maybe something traumatic happened as a child or something happened in general and we're kind of still there and we need to... Or something didn't happen. Something didn't happen. Happened. Thanks, Drew. Absolutely. hundred percent. So we're going to unpack that, but thanks Drew for being here, talking about this, being vulnerable with us. I think that so many people just want to hear somebody who's real and has authentic story and just wants to share. And I think that is so powerful. So thanks Drew for being willing to do that. You're welcome. Where could people find you, Drew? Where could people find you online and uh, get involved with what you're doing? I know you've got a great podcast too. Thanks, Matt. You can go to husbandmaterial.com or drewboa.com and find everything right there. Awesome. And we encourage you to do that. Drew is obviously, as you can hear, very good at uh, what he does and so much wisdom here and, and uh, just so, uh, simple stuff too. Simple but so deep. And so we love how you communicate. Thanks again. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.